0: Teens and our young folks. And if you do not have one of our lessons this morning, uh, Brother Jerise is grabbing those. Put your hand up, Brother Jerise will get one to you. Our lesson this morning, we're starting lesson number 12. Lesson number 12. Lesson number 12 this morning, and uh, we're looking at the journey to the cross, and turn in your Bibles to John 17, if you will. Lesson number 12 the journey to the cross of course we're looking at Jesus today uh, our perfect example the only perfect example we have amen and uh, we're going to look at John 17 John 17 is a our lord praying by the way he prayed for you here he prayed for me and look with me at John 17 and we're uh, i'm going to read the entire chapter just 26 verses i, I want us to Uh, get a bit of a foundation as we begin this lesson over the next couple of weeks uh, of our Lord and his journey to Calvary to understand some things this morning. Verse 1, the Bible says, These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and They have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and that uh, they have believed, and thou didst send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine, and all mine are thine. And thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those who thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition." that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them my word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world. Even as I am not of the world, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one. As thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me I have given them. And they may be one even as we are, I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also whom thou givest me, given me, uh, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me, and I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it and the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them and I in them. Let's pray together. Lord, how powerful, Lord, the thought, Lord, as we read this passage, Lord, as I envision you there in that garden. Lord, not long before you would go to Calvary's tree. Not long, Lord, before you would be mocked and beaten. Not long before you would be rejected and cursed. Not long before Peter would deny you. Not long before the whip would rip the flesh from your back and the crown of thorns would be beaten into your brow. Lord, as all the weight of what was happening, Lord, in your infinite knowledge, Lord, you prayed for me. You prayed for all of us. And Lord, I pray as we examine this journey, the journey to the cross, Lord, not an accidental journey, but Lord, a journey that was planned. Lord, a journey that made it possible for us to have eternal life. Lord, I pray that you'd help us this morning. Help us to see afresh your love. Help us this morning to be reminded of your purpose. Lord, I pray that you would give us passion a passion to love as you loved, a passion to live as you lived, and a passion, Lord, even to die as you died, looking forward to the eternal. Lord, bless us now. Lord, help me this morning to teach you right your truth. In your precious name we pray. Amen. How many of you you have ever had a, a really good idea? Anybody ever had a really good idea? How many of you wish you could have a good idea once in your life? Brother Mike, one day, maybe you and I will have good ideas. You know, there, there are those who have ideas and they uh, create, uh, they invent, uh, they get patents and uh, patent what they have invented. There are some ridiculous patents uh, in the world today. These are ideas that people came up with. They they thought was a good idea, and they even got patented. One of those ideas is a screen door in a submarine. Now you think about—I'll let you think about that just for a minute. Uh, Not a great plan, but however, (laughs) there is there is a patent uh, for such. By the way, how many of you ever have ever used an ATM before—bank machine, teller machine, whatever you want to call it? Uh, How many have ever gone to the drive-through ATM? How many, of you, how many of you have ever noticed at drive through ATMs that the buttons are in Braille as well? <laughs> now, I want you to think about that one just for a moment. Uh, I'll never forget, we had a, a fellow that used to come to church. His name was Jonathan, and Jonathan was blind, or is blind. And, of course, uh, not only was he blind, his eyes that he has, they're not even Uh, real eyes. He has glass eyes. I'll never forget, he was at a church picnic one day and he took a nap out in the sun, his eyelids wide open. Uh, It was an unusual thing to see. And one time we went out, uh, me and a few other men, I can't remember who it was, there was about five of us. We went for breakfast one morning and Jonathan was with us and uh, we dropped Jonathan off over here at the bus uh, before the LRT was over this way by Kingsway and there was a little bus shelter there by the corner of Kingsway Kingsway Mall and dropped Jonathan off there. And as he got out of the car and as he's walking away with his cane, uh, I hollered out the window. I said, John, thanks for letting us borrow your car. <laughs> and all the people turned and John's no problem waving you know, towards the direction of our sound. And uh, there's a lot of unusual uh, patterns, a lot of ideas that people tried to bring to fruition that probably weren't. Uh, the greatest ideas. But I want you to understand this morning that the journey to the cross was not a spur of the moment, a last minute, oh, I guess we'll do this. Understand this was birthed before the foundation of the world. It was planned. It was foreordained. Uh, it was not something that God had to scramble and try to figure out what to do. I used to play football when I was a young guy and when I had two knees that worked and uh, I wasn't out of shape and uh, dying. Uh, But I liked watching guys, really good football players. I love watching the guys that can read a play. And in the middle of the play, they can, they had a plan, but that plan gets messed up because of uh, the defense uh, had good coverage and you watch that really good football player, the really good quarterback or really good running back, and and you watch him read the play and make a change and make a turn and uh, go a different direction. It was not, as we often think, Calvary was not the world rejected Jesus. He came expecting them to receive him, and then last minute, oh, no, they don't want him, and they crucified him. understand this was something, this journey to Calvary, Uh, began long before Bethlehem's manger. It began long before the angels declared to Mary that she was with child of the Holy One. Long before, long before, by the way, Abraham would leave the Ur of the Chaldees and seek for a land whose builder and maker were God. Long before that. Before Adam would breathe his breath, the breath of life, a creation long before man would sin, God had planned the journey to the cross. In John 17, here we read the entire chapter. I wanted you to see this prayer of our Lord. It is no doubt the greatest prayer recorded in Scripture. We have several prayers recorded in Scriptures, uh, much of Psalm, much of the Psalms are prayers. Uh, we have Uh, the prayers of the prophets, different prayers recorded. But without a doubt, I believe the greatest prayer we have recorded is John 17. This journey of Jesus to the cross uh, was planned before the beginning of time for the salvation of souls, for those who believe in him. And yet that plan, understand this, it involved personal pain. This plan Planned ahead involved hurt, involved betrayal. A few weeks ago, I was coming down the back stairs from the upstairs for the teen classes, and I was walking down the back stairs. I missed the bottom step, and I rolled my ankle. Can I tell you, if I could roll back time, if I had a DeLorean with a flux capacitor uh, me and Doc could get in there and I could go back in time uh, I, I, would meet, I would meet my past self and say to my past self hey dummy I call myself dummy once in a while I'd say hey dummy be careful don't miss that last step why? because I not only did I have severe pain when that happened I'm today still having pretty severe pain uh, I, I, I would very gladly have missed that I would very gladly have changed that course. Jesus, God in the flesh, did not plan to go to the cross without pain, without hurt, without betrayal. I want us this morning to get a vision of that journey. He entered Jerusalem in triumph. He entered Jerusalem as they cried, Hosanna as they laid the palm leaves before him. Hosanna to the king. He then would go and cleanse the temple. By the way, years ago when I was a young man, there was a a movement that gained some traction uh, called What Would Jesus Do? Can I tell you, as you think about what would Jesus do, uh, one thing Jesus did is he made a whip and beat the money changers out of the temple. Uh, But he did that. He not only cleansed the temple, he would go to Olivet and speak amazing, powerful truth. He would go into the upper room that the disciples would go and prepare, and he would share with them a meal, and he would institute that night a new supper. The night that he would share that Passover meal with him, he would institute a new supper as he took bread and as he took the juice, the, uh, the new uh, fruit of the vine, and as he told them that this bread is my body, which is broken for you, as he told them about that juice, which is the blood, the new blood of the New Testament, shed for them, and as he told them to commemorate until he came again. After that supper, during that time, he would talk about one of them betraying him and Judas the one close to him, would walk out. I had someone message me, a dear friend of mine, yesterday, I saw the message early this morning, and he said, have you ever noticed that sometimes it seems that those that you're close to, sometimes Christians, cause more hurt and more pain in your life than unsafe people that you're close with? And I said, my response to him was yes, and one of the reasons why it seems that way so often is that family, the hurt from family is a much deeper hurt. You know, I, if I go out and knock doors and share the gospel with somebody, as I was out yesterday and trying to talk to folks, sometimes when I do that, people, believe it or not, sometimes people yell at me, Brother Krim. Sometimes they call me bad names, Josh. Uh, sometimes they Uh, yell and curse and swear and they say all kinds of horrible things about me. Normally I laugh and just keep walking. Uh, But if those same things were said to me by someone that I was connected with, as family is in the family of God, it would be very hurtful. It would be much more painful. Understand one that was so close, one of the 12. It wasn't one of the the Pharisees or Sadducees. It wasn't the Sanhedrin. It it wasn't the political rulers. It was Judas, the one that was so trusted he kept the bag, the one that was with him who would betray him. So I I want you to think about all of that as we look at a few things today, as we look at our notes about this journey to the cross. Number one in your notes today, and, and I've already alluded to this, and this is the This is the thought for this morning. It was a planned journey. A planned journey. Last Sunday, my wife and I were in Calgary as I preached for uh, Harvest International Baptist Church on the south side of Calgary. Brother Florin Tribeck and his dear wife Lori, wonderful folks, wonderful church. I got to meet some of their church family. This past summer, I went and spoke at a, a little family retreat that they had, and I'd met some of them. I knew some of the families. But last year, Brother Florent asked me to come in November and preach, and I told him that I was, I traveled last year to Niagara one Sunday, and I told the same general time zone, and I told Brother Florent, I said, I can't come. I said, it's just, I, I can't be gone. I'm already going to be gone a Sunday. And he said, last year, he said, next year, you're going to preach for me. So he called me about two months ago or three months ago. And he said, remember, you said you were going to come preach for me this year. And I said something along the lines of, I remember you telling me that I was going to come preach for you this year. And he said, I want you to come in November. He gave me a list of dates. He said, what Sunday can you come? And I said, well, I could come this Sunday And I had been wanting to have Brother Harness come and preach. And by the way, he did a tremendous job. I got to listen to the message. Phenomenal, phenomenal job. I love Brother Harness. What a wonderful man. I called Brother Dave and I said, Hey, I said, I want you to come and preach for me. I've been wanting to bring you. I said, I'm going to be out of town. Can you preach that Sunday? And he said to me, Brother Rice, he said, I'm going to be out of town. He said, but I could preach the Sunday before that. He said, I could be there. He said, I'd love to come. I want to come. Can I be there then? And so I called Brother Florin, and I said, hey, could I change the date to this date? And we made a plan. And then I called Brother Dave and he was excited to get to be here. And so that journey that I left last Saturday morning to go to Calgary was not a spur of the moment. Was not a, I didn't wake up in the morning and look over at my wife and say, oh, hold on, she's not over there. She's on this side of the bed. I didn't look over at my wife and say, hey, what do you think? Want to go to Calgary this morning? Can I tell you what my wife would have said? No, no, we planned ahead. We, we had a plan. We went down there. It, it, was, it was prepared ahead of time. Now, this matter of the journey of the cross for our Lord was a planned journey. The crucifixion, all the events that surrounded the crucifixion, they were preordained by God before the world began. It was planned. We see the words of our Lord in his prayer in John 17, acknowledging that the hour had come. The hour had come. Letter A in your notes this morning it it was a personal journey. It was a personal journey. The first four verses of John 17, if you look there again with me, I want us to look at them again. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come, glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. This, this passage often referred to as the high priestly prayer of our Lord. And in that, we understand it was a personal planning. This personal plan was planned Between God the Father and God the Son. Jesus said in his prayer, I did what you wanted me to do. It was planned out. I fulfilled what it was you had for me to do. The Bible says these words speak Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy Son that thy Son may also glorify thee. This journey was planned before the world was known. Before God said, let there be light. Before the beginning of creation as we know it, God was. See, God's eternal. You know, I can't go and find a starting point. I'm not sure if any of you are wired like me. I've got a weird brain. How many of you knew that Pastor Rice has a weird brain? I see that hand, Colton. Don't raise them both. Just one hand was enough. I've got I've got a weird brain. And I'm one of those people that you you probably don't like to be around in this situation. My wife it drives my wife nuts. If if I watch a movie and it is set in a certain time period, if I see something that is shouldn't be in that time period, it drives me nuts. Like for instance, if I'm watching something that is, you know, set in 1985. I, I, was, I was alive in 1985. I was 10 years old. I mean, I was, Miss was, Lois, I, I was something else at 10 years old. I, at 10 years old, I was wearing, how many of you are old enough to remember jams? How many of you know what jams are? Some of you have no idea what jams are. Jams were these baggy, wild, psychedelic shorts. They almost look like culottes uh, that we. I, used to, I was wearing jams and wild funky. I was man. I was something else at ten years old. But I, I remember 1985. Now, if I'm watching something that's supposed to be in 1985, and I see something that like didn't come about to, like 86, 87, it it bothers me, and I have to look at my wife and say, "Who's the idiot that thought of that?" Like, man, they paid somebody, and somebody really messed up here. Uh, they blew it. Or, or, you know, you're watching something supposed to be in the 1990s, and there's a 2000 automobile driving down the street. Like, you know, you see a Tesla in, in 2000. Something's not right. Uh, understand, we, as we think about the Lord, as we think about this planning, this plan was made long before anything existed that we know long before creation of the world long before God made man God did not have to call an audible after man's sin and go now what are we going to do month ago month and a half ago I was driving my little Suzuki in the bush I was out it was Thanksgiving week and I was out for a couple days and as I'm driving down the trail, I had uh, Brother Maud with me, and I had my old neighbor, Keith. Some of you know Keith was with me. And as we're driving down a really ruddered, really bad ruddered, like deep ruts, hard, like hard clay ruts, as we're going, the rut shifted, and my front wheel went. And I stopped. We got out. Keith got around the front, and he said, oh, no, you broke your A-arm. I said, no, 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 I know what happened. And because it's lifted, the, uh, I'll spare you. The, the struts are slotted, and, and it popped out. And where we were to get a tow truck in there would have cost about $20,000. And uh, my truck isn't worth $20,000. And Brother Maud thought, we're done. We're here forever. I said, let's help me, guys. Open up the back, got a jack out, jacked it up, got some tools out. Probably 15 minutes later, we were driving again. Now, I didn't plan on that coming apart, but whenever it came apart, I said, okay, I can formulate a plan. I can fix it. God didn't formulate a plan after the fall of man. He didn't say, okay, stop the car, get the tools out. Uh, let's, let's jack this thing up. Let's figure out how we're going to fix it. The journey to Calvary was planned before the world began. It was a personal plan between the Father and the Son before the world was. Jesus, by the way, is eternal God. Don't, and we're, I'm going to talk about the name of Jesus this morning. I'm excited to preach that in a little bit. But we get this wrong idea sometimes that Jesus was born 2,000 years ago. By the way, that is completely, utterly incorrect. He became flesh 2,000 years ago and dwelt amongst us. He is eternal. Uh, When the Bible says, when God said, let us make man in our image, can I tell you, Jesus was part of that conversation. He was part of that us. He is eternal And John 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. 1 Peter 1, verse 18, As much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things of silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, in verse 20, I love this, who verily was foreordained, notice this phrase, before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. As a boy, I had the privilege of working with my dad, doing construction and renovation and contracting work. And When I was, I think I was 16 or 17, I can't remember what summer it was. My uncle decided that he wanted to build a big building out on the farm, and my dad and I called it the airplane hangar. Now there was no airplane in it, but it was the shape of like a. It was a. It was a big building, and it was on a bit of a the hill. The place that was built was not flat; it was kind of an angled hill, and we had to we did every aspect of the building. And my dad and I came out with a a transit, and we uh, we set the stakes and the lines and. And and squared it up and decided where it was going to go. We marked out where the footer was going to be, the foundation. And my dad, we had another job, and my dad said, okay, uh, you dig the foundation. Now, the building was about as big as this building, almost. Uh, Can I tell you, and I I dug it with a shovel, not with equipment. I was the equipment. Uh, I, I burned cheeseburgers instead of diesel. But i it was in the middle of the worst drought that had ever been in my lifetime. Our ground was hard, it was like a rock, it was cracking open and dry. And I had to not just dig with a shovel, I had to use a pick with a mattock and, and chip and shovel. And I had to dig down that footer and it was a hard long job, a couple days job. And then right after I got it, dug down, we put the grade stakes in, we were going to bring concrete in in two days. And all of the praying of all the farmers, God finally said, okay, you can have some rain. And we got rain. I was wishing we had an ark. I was thinking we needed to gather the animals, Brother Bonnie, want uh, two by two. It, it, it rained and rained. got. I got there after the rain, and the sides of the footer had fallen in, uh, the found, and I had to go and shovel out all the sludge and level it all again. And then we had to set ground stakes again. Then we poured the concrete and then we laid the block and put the cap on. But all that foundation work had to happen before we built the building. The Bible says before the foundation of the world. Before the foundation of the world. Before the very beginning. The Bible says that it was foreordained. So it was a personal, a personal journey. Letter B in your notes this morning. Not only was it personal, it was a purposeful, a purposeful journey. The journey to the cross served two primary purposes. The first purpose was to give eternal life. What an amazing and wonderful purpose. Because he was willing to give his life, we're able to experience eternal life in heaven. First John 5, verse 20 says, And we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true. Even in his son Jesus Christ, this is the true God and eternal life. I don't do a leisurely drive. How many of you like to just go for a drive? Any of you, some people like to just go for a drive? I'm not one of those people. I'm, I can, but I'm, I'm very purposeful. (laughs) If I'm going somewhere, it's going to be for a reason. Every once in a while, maybe twice a year, at least once a year, uh, a lot of times in the spring, I'll, I'll, We'll plan a day or an afternoon or morning and uh, Carrie and me and Hannah and, of course, I guess that's all I have now. I don't, all my kids are leaving me. But we'll, we'll get in the car and we'll drive just to go out of town for the day and drive up in the bush maybe just to get away. But that's unusual for me. I, if I'm going somewhere, there is a reason. I'm, I am, I've got a plan. I've got a purpose. And, and I try to, if I can... I try to bundle more than one purpose together as much as I can. Uh, I want to be effective everything I do. You know, this matter of the plan of, of salvation, the plan of Jesus going to the cross, this journey, it wasn't a nonchalant, as we used to say, Sunday afternoon drive. It was a purpose. I was out Friday looking for uh, a, a dinner guest to come to my house. And uh, I have a hard time finding dinner guests to come to my house, but I, I did find one. Uh, his name was Bucky. But I was out and was looking for a deer, in case you didn't get the reference, and we saw several bucks. And they were, they were running. Now, they weren't afraid. They weren't scared. They weren't, what do we do? They were running because they were looking for love. And they caught scent of the clone of their favorite doe and thought, I'm going to go talk to her. Uh, I'm going over there. And they're on a mission. They were looking. They're trying to get there. Years ago, when my, dad, when my mom started grade 10, my dad was in grade 11, I think, or grade 12, and she came to the high school where he was, and first day of school, he walked in, he saw my mom. My mom is about this tall, she's about that big around back then. And my dad looked to his buddies, the football team he was there standing with. He pointed at her and he said, I'm gonna marry that girl. And then my dad, he didn't just say it. He said, I'm going to marry that girl. Then he went over and was going to try to ask her out on a date. And my mom was terrified of interaction with people. She, you know, she uh, introvert and the captain of the football team. My dad's a big man starts coming right to her. So she started running. She ran through the high school. My dad chased her through the high school. Now, as you can imagine, my mom's legs are this long. And my dad's, she ran into the library trying to escape him. He tracked her down. He went in the library and asked her out on a date. He, he had a purpose. He had told his buddies, I'm going to marry that girl. Now, he kind of got things out of order, but it, it all worked out anyway. But he, he decided he was going to marry her before he ever asked her out. But he had a purpose. He was going to ask her out. Christian, can I tell you that our Lord, his journey to the cross was very much on purpose. By the way, you were his purpose. I was his purpose. It was a purposeful journey. A purposeful journey. I said the first purpose, the primary purpose was to give eternal life. The secondary, the secondary purpose of that journey of his death on the cross, was to glorify God. You and I were created with the purpose to glorify God. Anytime we try to receive glory, we are doing something opposite of our purpose. That's not what we were made for. That's not what you were designed for. We were designed, we were created to glorify God in all we do. The Lord went to Calvary, his journey to Calvary. One of the purposes, the main purpose was that you and I might have eternal life, and I praise God for that. But we noticed from the prayer in John 17 that another aspect, another purpose of that journey was that God was glorified that God the Father would be glorified. Verse 4, it says in our text, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. We see a second reference to the glory of the Father in John 12, verse 23, as it states, And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. In both cases... In the Gospel of John, we have linked the glorification of God and the crucifixion. The crucifixion, the cross, the horror and pain of the cross, all of that was on purpose. It was on purpose to glorify God. When we realized the journey of our Lord to the cross was on purpose. It was planned. It was a personal journey. It was a purposeful journey. God was glorified through Jesus' fameful journey to the cross. It was necessary. Jesus, whenever he was traveling with the disciples, at one point, he said to them, I must needs go through Samaria. The disciples would not have gone that way. They would not have picked that path to go where they were going. They, instead of taking a straight shot through Samaria, would have taken a detour. They would have avoided Samaria. How many have ever been to Hamilton, Ontario? Some of you have been there. I'm sorry that you all have had to be there. The rest of you, praise God, you haven't had to raise your hands. How many of you would agree with that? You've been to Hamilton. Yeah, It's if you're from there, I'm sorry. I don't hate you. I just hate your town. I was driving there years and years ago, 20 years ago. My wife and I were coming from, I'm trying to remember. I think we had left Toronto and we were going to Buffalo maybe. Do you go through Hamilton? That You do, don't you? Kind of, maybe. I don't remember. All I know is I was in the Devil's Armpit, which is the greater Toronto area. And I was, I had to drive through, around through Hamilton and I was on the highway. What is that? The, the, what's the highway there by Hamilton? 401. 401. That's th- that number, if you translate it in the Greek, is 666. But anyway, I was on the 401. And I'm driving on the 401. Well, that's a lie. I wasn't driving. I was sitting still in traffic on the 401. And there's like 532 lanes. It, it's as wide as the province of Alberta. And yet still, we were sitting still. And remember I said, I, I don't do drive, I'm purposeful. I had a place I was going, I wanted to get there. I, I'm not a patient man and I was even less patient than I am now. And I was just, oh, I can't stand traffic, I hate traffic. I, I was praying, Lord, please give me a rocket-propelled grenade launcher on the front of my vehicle. I'll just keep pressing a button and blowing cars out of the way and keep driving. But the Lord said no. And so I had this brilliant idea. So I'm driving around Hamilton, and I see an exit, and I told Carrie, I said, the traffic is so bad that if I get off the highway, I drive through the city, it's going to be faster than driving in this traffic. That was a bad plan, but that's what I did. So I got off the exit in Hamilton. One thing I hate about Hamilton, other than the fact of where it's located and the smell, uh, is the fact that almost every street is a one-way street. But I got off the highway, and I wanted to go left, I think. And when I got to the T, it was a one-way street going right. And so I went right, and I was like, okay, now I need to go down and go left. And I get to the next street, and it's a one-way street going right again. This went on for 15 or 20 minutes. At this point, I am beyond frustrated. And I finally said to my wife, "This this was a bad idea. I didn't like to admit it, but this is a bad idea. My wife knew it was a bad idea before I did it. How many of you know your wives always know when they're bad ideas? We just don't listen. And I said, well, I'm going to get back on the highway because this is is crazy. This is not going to work. So I'm trying to find my way back to the highway to the 401 or 666, whatever the number actually is. And I finally see an entrance to get on the highway. I was so excited. I got back at the same exit that I got off on. Something about that angered me. It, it angered me because that was not my purpose. My, my purpose, my purpose was to go through. And Jesus had a purpose in Samaria. The disciples said, no, Lord, we got to go around this. And Jesus didn't go through Samaria to be quicker. He went through Samaria because there was a woman at the well. There was a people that needed to know about the Messiah. He went to the cross not because he enjoyed being rejected, not because he was looking forward to the pain, but because he wanted to glorify the Father. Christian, when we think about the journey of Jesus Christ, as we see him praying in the garden, as he sweat, as it were, the Bible says, great drops of blood, as he prayed for you, as he prayed for me, he went to the cross, and it was on purpose. It was personal. It was purposeful. God was glorifying through that painful journey to the cross. I'll close with this, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. I want you to think about the words of this verse, for ye. Christian, this is you this morning. He's talking about you. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirits, which are God's. Can I tell you the price that was paid was determined before the creation of the world. The price that was paid was planned out by the Father and the Son. The price that was paid was on purpose. As Jesus would go, the Bible says, even the death of the cross for me and for you. That's the price. I don't belong to myself, I belong to Him because of the journey He took, the journey He took to the cross. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you, Lord, for being our Savior. Thank you for paying the great price that I could not pay. Thanks for paying the debt that I owed. Thanks for going to Calvary. Lord, how wonderful your perfect plan, the plan of salvation. How wonderful your love for us. Lord, we worship you this morning. Lord, as you glorify the Father by going to Calvary, God, would you help us to glorify you in our life, in our testimony, in the ruin of our children, in our marriages, in our ministry for you in the local church in our testimony, in our community. As we do our part in the Great Commission, as we live out our faith, God, help us to glorify you. Lord, we ask that you be glorified this morning and the remainder of our services today. God, may your will be done. In your precious name we pray. Amen.